In a crowded Ohio home lives a man with delusions of grandeur and a family following his demented lead. Eddie, this, this is too much. Welcome back. Hi guys, this is Dee and this is What Did You Do? Remember like 10 minutes ago when you're like, did you have coffee? Why are you so energetic? You were literally just dying. <laughs> that's how and I, now all of a sudden, that's how I operate. I give it my all in the moment and then I'm going to go die at the I want you to this. know that Dee is fake. That's what that <laughs> means. But I'm not. I am, I'm Charnel. And right, this is what did you do? Episode twenty one, Bente e Uno. Um, I'm back with my fake ass co host. And <laughs> I'm giving, I'm giving you all my love. I'm giving you every ounce of energy I have before I go collapse. That's what I'm doing. I'm not doing anything of the sort. I am drinking what is called what is this? Hell or high watermelon. Yes, I'm having a beer with today's episode. It's the first time I've done right. This, this is the first time we've had a drink. Um, well, I, I, I'm, I am not. I deserve. And <laughs> it's been a weird weekend for me. Uh, just, you know, doing a lot, running around a lot, just being Same. sick a lot. So this is my uh, this is my uh, my gift to myself. This is me treating myself. How is it Treat- making you feel? Does it make you feel nice yet? No, it's 4.9%, but it's like, eh, I had food earlier. Like, no. I'm not... Not so you have one. a cushion. Right, I'm not a lightweight. If I had another one, I'd be like, hey guys, look what do you do? I am a lightweight. I can I can see that. Happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've drank around each other. No, yeah, mm-hmm. your, uh, your sister's oh, graduation party. Oh, my sister's graduation. Yeah, that was a mess and a half. And <laughs> soon to be your sister's wedding. I saw wedding. a video of me dancing. I was like, "You got moves, still go big, girl." <laughs> no, that'll be fun. Uh, I would like to drink with you. <gasps> you know, it'll be really fun. I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't do this. My best friend's probably gonna be pressed about it. But um, September 29th. That Saturday, I'll be in New York City, like celebrating my birthday. My birthday's the twenty eighth. So if you guys want to, like, I'll, I'll put my cash app out. No, <laughs> like, be one of those Instagram girls. Instagram my cash girls app. do that all yeah. the time. No, but if you guys want to wish me happy birthday, it's the twenty eighth. Um, but the twenty ninth, I'll be in New York City. So if anybody's listening and they're in New York City, um, I will literally put on Twitter where I'm drinking at, and you can come fight me or you can come drink with me. It's one and of those. I things. will be there to film and put it on World Star. Yeah, D will be there as well. So it'll be a little mini meetup. Like I said, my best friend is going, like, it's my birthday. What are you doing? But whatever. Um, but this week we are back. Um, some housekeeping we need to get out of the way. So first thing I want to do is shout out Sarah Vashti. Uh, she is our new patron. Thank you for supporting us. Um, and if anybody wants to support us in that way, you can check out our Patreon. There's some cool rewards. Now I have to bring the show down for a little bit. All the way down. Because I made a mistake. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. So I opened my trunk the other day and I just happened to see a little folder full of envelopes um, that contained stickers. So this just means that I remember like, guys, you're... <laughs> Your stickers are in the mail. And I'm so busy that I thought I put them in my car, so I thought that I had taken them to the post office. Like, mm-hmm. and I did not, and I apologize. So they will be going out the day after this episode airs. Um, and I will add a special little note in there for everybody, like a special quote or something. I like, or maybe my favorite song lyrics, or maybe I'll I don't know, spray it with my cologne. You'll smell me. Who knows? But like, it's gonna be something special in there. Um, I apologize. I am terrible. I usually don't do things like this. 
but I have been ill the last two months. I've been overwhelmed. There's a lot of things happening. So your stickers should be to you by the end of this week. So sorry. Lo siento, mommies and poppies. Um, shit. But that's it. So this episode, we're doing Eddie Lee Sexton. <laughs> and this episode, I feel like I say it's a lot, but it was a lot. Like, this is no joke a lot. And this episode was recommended by one of our listeners on Instagram, February 2nd. Shout out, shout out to you. Thank you for the Is that Groundhog's Day? Is February 2nd? It is Groundhog's Day. Oh, well, look at that. Shout out to you, girl. You do the same thing over and over again every day. <laughs> feels like it for me. And well, she gave us quite a person to... Yeah, and I, 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 I feel like you told her, like, oh, this is right up Charnel's alley. And it, it was... To a certain extent. Until I started reading more, and I was like, oh, <laughs> no, this isn't what I wanted. This, is, <laughs> this isn't bloody. This is gross. Like, this is, <laughs> it was definitely gross. It was, it was gross. It, it still is. Like, in all the things, if anybody perpetuates these behaviors, you're still gross. Uh, <laughs> so, this is Eddie Lee Sexton, who was born in Logan, West Virginia, May 12, 1942, to a Baptist preacher. And for the life of me, I could not find anything about his mama. Like his mama was a homemaker. That's um, what I figured, but I needed to know a name. Yeah, she was. Like, <laughs> she was a homemaker. Um, they they were all pretty much coal miners. The father was a, a part time Baptist preacher. Hallelujah. Yes, um, but she actually ended up having a stroke later on. But in his childhood, it was definitely a mama's boy. As I was, he mm-hmm. was like, but he like you know they had ten kids. Yeah, he was the seventh of ten. Right. And they were broke. Right. Like, that is they something didn't. to remember. Um, I, this, that's what I love about this show, mm-hmm. um, our, this specific true crime show, <laughs> is that like we talk about the socioeconomic and sociopolitical factors that contribute to crime. Um, and poverty is definitely one of them. Yes. Um, neglect is definitely one of them. Definitely was. Um, so when you got 10 kids and you're broke, chances are somebody's, you know, falling through the cracks here. And he was one. Although he did have a close relationship with his mom and yeah. his brother Otis stated that he was one that never did any chores while the other kids were doing chores. He was reading on mama's lap. He had his issues. Damn it, Otis. Damn, Otis. Otis. Otis sounds like a hater. I'm not even trying to, <laughs> like, I'm not even trying to hate. So his father passed away from a heart attack, I believe, when he was 10 years old. And his mama, again, had this his stroke. Who? Mama. <clears throat> What'd I say? I heard, I heard mama. No, mama. Are you sure you're not having some hell or high watermelon? Because I feel like you're <laughs> I need some hell or high watermelon. But his mama ended up having a stroke. And being disabled. So the kids started to pitch in. Uh, they started to work in the coals. There's no father figure, but not Eddie. Eddie was up to some other things um, and starting to show behaviors that are very much other behaviors that we've talked about other people in other episodes where he was. Yeah. Eddie. Yeah. Eddie was a psychopath, a sociopath. Like he, he started showing these traits, these tendencies, like. Kind Early. of the impulsiveness, the lack of concern and care for other people's safety and things and space. And he, mm, mm. it gets worse. And like all these things just escalate. So I'm it like escalates, about it. but he's <laughs> at a young age, he would, you there. know, abuse animals and set fires. So yeah. we're already talking about that antisocial behavior yeah. that leads to a life of crime. I mean, we could talk about the fact that he hung chickens up on a clothesline and then decapitated them with a machete. So, yeah. So, at a young age, he was, he's hit two of the three of that triangle, whose right. name I can never remember. Right. Um, Me too. Was he a bedwetter? 
I couldn't find anything about like much about like his actual home home life. Right. Like it what he did every much. day to day. Like right. I don't know if he ate PB and J's. Who knows? <laughs> um he looks like the type to he looks like the type to eat weird sandwiches though. You know? Like I feel like he eats like like there's nothing wrong with fried green tomatoes because I love those things, but I feel like he eats them with like hot sauce. I don't want to think like, about what he puts juice. in his mouth. Oh, see, you went there. I, because it no went one, in my head. Like, while you're talking, like, the visuals, I'm like, no. I wasn't I wasn't there, but you got there. I got quick. there, and I wanted to turn back immediately. So what we're going to do is we're going to pull back onto the freeway here and <laughs> speed by. So come 1963, our boy Eddie was 20 years old, and at this point, he had met a 50-year-old girl and pregnated. I mean, said, foreshadowing. Look, there, you know what, like... I don't, I'm not trying to condone any kind of behavior, but I don't know, I know exactly why this was so, like, normal in those days that you would, like, marry and date, you know, like, my grandma got married at 17, Mm -hmm. and my grandfather, I believe, was, like, 23, 24, Um, but they had known each other forever, like, think about that, like, Mm -hmm. that's disgusting. Um, But, yeah, still is, was then, too. Um, My 15-year-old girl since impregnated her and then married her, but the next day... He decided to do some stuff, recreational stuff. Yeah, like, you know. Provide for his family. Right. And in that, he got arrested for armed robbery. Because <laughs> <laughs> why get anything not to get a real job? Right. And he went, got sentenced to five years in prison. And homegirl was like, yeah, nah, fuck that. <laughs> and files for divorce. Right. Prior to this, though, I have to mention, there's something about the Army. One of his brothers joined the Navy, so he followed suit and tried to join the Army, but after six months was kicked out because of bad conduct. Yeah, because I, They a, always try to go into the Army. I feel like part of it is that there are a lot of people who, a lot of people who are impulsive and reckless know that they are, recognize right. it, and... Everyone deep down seeks stability and structure. Like, it's, as human beings, we need it to function. Right. Like, hence why serial killers are deviant. Like, because right. they don't, they operate outside of that. So, I think at a young age, he was looking for that structure. Maybe he was looking to be saved, quote unquote. Maybe. Um, but. Or he was looking for the power. I mean, there's that, but I mean, there's not much power in being just a, a depends, soldier. Depends you know? on your ranks. Yeah, but even then, up. like, that's very. I feel like it's very isolated power. Like, right. okay, so you're you're a lieutenant of what the ranks in the army are. <laughs> but so you're a lieutenant governor. What the fuck am I about to say? Uh, <laughs> you're a lieutenant, and you're a lieutenant in the army. But if you were in line with me at Subway, that would mean nothing but to me except for thank you for your service. Like that was where we were. Right. Like if you disrespected me, you still get the same level of everybody else gets. But it doesn't matter. But I just feel like they look for that. Doesn't that make sense? I feel I like it makes so. sense. I don't know. I don't That's mean, my. I don't. I don't think. But like so. Prison. So this is when you have somebody who has like, like psychopathic, sociopathic, like tendencies and traits. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think being in prison, especially if they're not being treated well for this, um, knowing the trauma and abuse that goes on inside prison walls, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it might not be the best thing for them. Um, I think there's very like we see a whole bunch of maladaptive behaviors in prison right. and like the violent ways that people take control and hold on to that control and that power. And for somebody who at a young age, felt neglected, except for outside of his mama's lap and his mammy titty, as like we would call it, like because everyone needs a little bosom to snuggle up to. I was talking about my mammy titty because I have mammy titty. Yeah, I have you mammy do. You so. do. And as you will post on Instagram on occasion. No, that's what happens. You need the followers. So, 
But I think that when you feel that kind of neglect and that kind of is when you're poor and you feel powerless, you see other people having things that you can't, you're going places you can't go. So when you've learned that this is how you can take power, I think it informs a lot of what he's going to do once he steps outside of those gates. Right. And he took a lot of pointers. A lot. Of, he a took a, lot this, this of, dumbass took notes of the like yeah and stuff that I, goes on in jail. Oh my god! Don't say that. I, I was like, <laughs> you just you stopped yourself for me. Okay, listen, listen, Groundhog Day. You did this to us. And <laughs> the good thing I went to therapy. Like this is like talk about the good thing I went to therapy when like when from like when I was younger to now because like there are some things there are some triggering things all through all of this. There's a lot. Also, let me just specify that warning, now. Yeah. yeah, while I'm thinking about it, trigger warning um, for. Uh, abuse, neglect, rape, incest, all of that. Um, murder, murder, <laughs> like I, but you're here. Um, child death, baby death. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you know this is a trifecta. Of there's a war. yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening Quad in Eddie Lee. The Sexton's on the, just yeah. a mm. and like <laughs> continue right. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like he's such a terrible person. So continuing in. In his trash, Eddie Sexton gets out of prison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would go on to, you know, commit more crimes because he needs to make money. He needs to earn right. for himself. Um, and so fraud was his primary source of income. And he was good at it. Unfortunately. Like, just the amount that he was loans. getting, I was like, I don't yeah. even make that much. So, so Me either. <laughs> so he was claiming to be disabled. He claimed he had multiple sclerosis or MS. And he um, went for the all. He had like yeah. wheelchairs and he went ham. He went ham. He made hard sure as they, a mob. Right. And he was at one point bringing in $50,000 a year. I mean, in government assistance. And you're not doing anything. And, like think about think about we always talk about we pull over every episode if this person was doing anything else they would be great at it. So many skills that could have been used throughout this course <laughs> why are you, of these Why stories? are you not in marketing? You could sell yourself as anything. Like, right. Be a brand manager, ambassador of some sort. You could Correct. be, you come on these Instagram girls out here. If you could only turn your anti, like, social, like, violent, violent, like, you know, tendencies around yeah. and turn them into pro-social things, you could have been so many things. It, it bothers me so much. Ugh. But in his in his trash and in his in his dark ways, he meets a woman, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Which I mean, let's. I don't know what we we're gonna say about Estelle, but Estelle May it was a full name, but she really went by May. Estella, I guess. yeah, Estella May. Um, I don't know about her. I, I don't. She kind of Estella. Mm. Estella is culpable and complicit. And all Very the things that happened in this house. So, yes. like, we can make fun of her as well. She's a yeah, terrible she's person. A, horrible, a victim in her own right. She, right. Which is why I'm just like... Hmm. Hurt people will hurt people. So, by then... Until... Right. Until right. She, we can't... She, we're, we're too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, like. I mean, this is so much... But she, he eventually gets divorced from his first wife um, during the time of his uh, incarceration. Homegirl bounce. Had his she baby, was, Patrick. Hello. Patrick was out. <laughs> um, and then he married Estelle May. And they would have 12 children together. Like much, I don't know. First, I don't know why people. But back in the day, my I had an uncle who had ten kids, an older uncle, and my grandma had six. Like it's they a said, ma- she was pregnant like every year. She had one kid every year starting in 1970. Think about that. This woman's body did not get a break. Imagine having a every year nine months out of those twelve, you're carrying a child. 
And then you you know it took you, what two months to heal from like to heal fully from giving birth. You naturally. still can get pregnant in that time. I know, but I'm just saying like yeah. your, your body's not right. Like right. you don't wait, but mm-hmm. all, we, but this also speaks to the fact that like progeny. Mm-hmm. Um, for y'all who don't know what progeny means, progeny is like sometimes when it's legal wise, it's like the obsession of constantly having to procreate and create a legacy. Right. Um, but it's people, it's progeny is just your descendants essentially. Right. And that is a source of power and like respect mm-hmm. is that look how fertile I am. Look how big my family is. Look, I can provide for all these people. And it's like, so that might've been his like lack of compassion or consideration for her well being. Right. Like, okay, you healed enough enough. We got to go again for another baby. Cause you didn't happen just the one time. You got to keep trying for babies. Right. So she was a baby-making machine. They ended up settling in Stark County, Ohio. They purchased a home, and then they began to raise their family. Raise? Did you say the word raise? Uh, you said raise? Is right. that what you did? I, I said it. I, I think mean, you. I think you, that's. I is that the word you chose? You, I mean, that's the word I chose for the moment. There but is what? a strong difference between raise and train, and there. <laughs> you know what? And maybe train. That was it. Indoctrinate. Yeah, possibly. indoctrinate. So, because there's there's this, there's a uh, we'll talk about. It. So Eddie also decides that he wants to step outside of his home and be more to more people. Yes. Um, and he wants to become a preacher because he decides it's in his blood. It's in his genes. It's in his genes, Dad. I was My daddy pretty- was a Baptist, and I would have... I love a good Baptist preacher. Right. You know, convict me, make me feel terrible. <laughs> and he gets in there, he starts his little church, and like most small churches, his main members were his family. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, those are people in the front row every Sunday. Right. They, they give them their $1 that their grandma gave them in the offering plate, and they and really want ice cream. there are plenty of them to go around. But he did have a few townspeople oh, at yeah. this time. Um, um, but something started to change with his uh, preaching. Well, this is the problem in general. Like, when you have someone who has a thirst for power, and you mix that with any kind of belief system, mm-hmm. anybody who's not, like, we... He had a whole bunch of like mental illnesses. Like we'll get into that too. But like I know for one, like I would, I don't think he, I don't want to say he's schizophrenic. I don't think that was one of them. But mm-hmm. like I know specifically, like my own personal life, like my brother, like when religion or aliens gets involved, there's no stopping him. Right. There's no, like, you can't stop talking. Like you can't say enough about it, bro. I read this today. I'm like, God damn it, stop reading. <laughs> like. <laughs> So, like, when you got someone, like, who is, like, whose idea of the real world isn't completely factual right. with belief systems that some may argue that aren't completely factual. So, Correct. Um, it leaves a lot of room for creating different... A lot of room, like, creative liberties are yeah, taken. Yeah, yes. And he took a lot of creative liberties to the point where his followers were like, I'm not about that once the Satan worship. That's because it, he started taking in. from a whole bunch of things like Satanism, Christianity, a lot of occult things. Right. And he started like trying to manipulate scripture mm-hmm. to kind of fit himself as this like savior at some point, saying that he gets special messages from son Lucifer. Of, yeah, he was and a son of son Lucifer. Of, like, and they're like, mm, we came here because we were trying to worship the one true God, the Check most please. high. Um, we weren't worried about, you know, the. Satan, like we weren't thinking about cheering him on. The front, no, like, no, no. And so they got up and they left, which 
angered, Eddie, to say the least, because right. he needs control. And when you leave, it means he doesn't have you. And kudos control. to them for leaving, because that could have been a messier situation. Right. I mean, churches are weird for me anyway, because I believe that like faith and like organized religion, and we all know how like crusades and all these things, and jihads and jihadists and all these things, where like uh, religion is used as a tool of like oppression and fear to keep <laughs> people in line. Right. And like Christianity, especially, has that weird like romanticization of like submission Mm -hmm. like you submit to your you submit to your leader you submit to your husbands like it's gross to me sometimes right so like eddie was in his like element right and when the church wasn't in his grasp he had to go home and have complete control and this is where things really ramped up right so hell or high water Melon. <laughs> I gotta, I'm probably. This is I'm probably. Gonna say, are you getting like money from them? Sponsorship. <laughs> this is. I. I think I grabbed the beer because I knew what the episode was. I think that's why. That's I was what, like, I cracked this open. Like I need it. I, I can't do this. Like we're already here. Like we, we are. Here. We got here pretty quick, and I'm like sad now. Yeah, this is where we talk about it. So Ellie, uh, Eddie, um, like going back, he learned a few things from being incarcerated, and he wasn't gonna let his last followers, which was his family, leave him the way the parish did. So he added a, an element of abuse into it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's like, he was a, I wouldn't say he was not a natural born abuser. Like, obviously abusers are like curated and grown and they, they're made. Mm-hmm. But he was like emotionally, verbally, physically, spiritually All of the abusive. Above, along with um, sexually. And imagine <laughs> that too. Like imagine the tension in that. Like, ugh, like mm-hmm. I can, like he, he would berate and belittle uh, May any chance he could. Right. And um, I think that's where her. it started too. Yeah. It started with May. It was the beginning of getting control of her. Because in a way he had... To have her complicit to what was gonna happen next, right? If he knew that was gonna he just, happen, he just—he just—I don't think he—I don't think he planned for it to escalate where it went. But I, I think it just ran because you stop like again, you just stop thinking. There's no planning, mm-hmm. like really, when it comes to what you're gonna do. Everything like that, all that impulse. But mm-hmm. I—but when it comes to like power, you need to have control. And if you're someone's right. afraid of you, right. they're not going to challenge you. So he started by abusing May. It was physical abuse, uh, also verbally abuse. I'm not sure if she was sexually abused by him as well. I'm going to take a guess but and say guess. that because a lot of people don't know that your spouse can rape you. Right. And that your spouse can sexually harass or abuse you um, because they think we're married. And that's kind of what comes with the contract. I'm like, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're allowed to tell people, no, I don't want you to touch me. Like, no matter if you're legally bound to each other in your material things. Um, so I'm going to say probably because I don't. I don't give him any benefits of any doubts in this. Right. He's terrible. Like so, he is probably one of the most terrible people we've covered. Yeah. And, he, and it's not even like he had 87 victims. He was no, just he did not. a shitty human being. A really bad human being. <laughs> like, and this is going to be definitely an episode where I have to go watch Steven Universe after. I'm just going to let y'all know that now because it goes from May to the children. Now, the ones. Um, there are 12 of them. 12. Not all at the same time. There's there's four, five, and seven, and blah, blah, blah. Right. but there was there were very there was no child that went untouched in this right. process here. Right. Um. So he starts out again like the verbal, the physical abuse. Um. He had a saying that if you're 16 and under, you get the belt. If you're 16 and over, you get the fist. 
So this was his way, and he would beat the children constantly. For nothing, because the wind was blowing. Yeah. You know, it's... This is, like I said, the trigger warnings here. Um, and I think that a lot of us... I don't know why we get into these weirds, but because we're social workers. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like... I'm like because we always, we always have to take, take the side steps here, because a lot of us, we always... We always want to say that, you know, if this happened to me, I wouldn't stay. I'd run away or I'd leave. And like much, much of the, much of uh, the power of abuse comes from fear of consequence. If you tell anybody, like he would tell them, like if you told anybody, like I'm going to, it's going to get twice as bad. I'd kill you if you told anybody. Um, he used to give the kids 25 cents, quarters, to use the payphone. If you saw your brother or your sister telling anybody or talking to a teacher more about outside of anything academic related, you call me. Like, he had them, like, like in complete submission. And that's half of abuse is that if I say something, I, there's no place I'll be safe. At least at home, like, this is the evil I know. I can see him coming. I can hide or, I mean, like, God forbid you put it on someone else. But, like, the abuse works like that. And I don't think people realize it. Everyone's like, well, I'm tough enough to leave. And I'm like, who are you? Because <laughs> right. like, from a young age, if it's all you know, man. Right. So, oh, I'm gearing myself up to talk about it here. I'm you like guys mentally, have to see her. She's, like, shaking herself. I'm like, <laughs> like not good. Um, so he starts these rituals. Um, he started this ritual where he would sacrifice, um, a cat. Well, yeah, let's preface a little bit. So, because we just kind of jumped, but it's, uh, this is, remember, he's still in his weird, (laughs) your face. She's like tired. (laughs) All that fake energy in the beginning. (laughs) The story is a lot. It's one thing when you listen, but when you start talking about it, like, oh, it doesn't get better. Don't cry. Don't like, it's too much. So he he still has his weird kind of convoluted religious beliefs. Who which is, again he's intertwined it with so many like paganists, um, or paganist pagan like occultish, um, Satanist, Satanist Christianity. There's there's elements of a few religions in here right. like some kind of like subculture. Um, and yes, so he starts these rituals. Um, he starts calling himself a warlock. Like yeah. who the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> And he starts like sacrificing animals in, in front, front of, of his the children. children. Um, and one of these rituals included marrying his daughters. Right. And I don't know if I want to get into it, but <laughs> I'm going to go, go ahead and take the leap. And so I'm just going to say it as much well, as I can. Let's, but let's take the steps to it then. <laughs> let's, take the, let's take, let's walk through it because they're. <laughs> so he'd have these weird Saturday night dances um, where he'd do nothing but be the creepy guy in the corner sitting on a lazy boy watching his daughters dance. Yes. And he would encourage them to dance provocatively. Provocatively. Um, yeah. Sexually. Now, mind you, these are girls um, ages, I, I think they were 16, 16 to 14, 12. And then eight, yeah. maybe? Yeah, yeah, I got that right. Um, so, like, these are young girls. Some are, you know, like, maturing in body and things like that. And if you have any predators around, um, and then, like Dee said, you could take it away. Right. Um, he would get into the habit of marrying, marrying his daughters. All his daughters. And after he will marry them and he has a little ceremony. In front of the entire family. In front of the family. And they will actually wear um, veils. 
he would take them to have a quote-unquote honeymoon. So if you all know what happens typically on a honeymoon, that's exactly what he was doing to his daughters. Yeah, and this is this is my problem, too. And so I know that some language can be triggering. If you guys are, you know, still listening to like this and haven't, like, said this isn't for me, I'll see you guys in two weeks. Um, like the I lang- want to do that and I'm recording <laughs> But the language I'm going to use because it's like they a lot of the documentaries and a lot of articles and things were kept referencing the fact that he was having sexual intercourse with his his daughters and I mean that is what's happening that's what the act was called but he was raping his daughters yeah let's um, let's make sure and let's we let's call things what they are yeah like this they, is abuse this is not all oh, sexual intercourse although one of his daughters did fall in love with him and it was more or less consensual she can't consent to that type of she's still yeah it's still she was not young okay. and also that was his daughter and it wasn't supposed to happen but furthermore he would not only abuse his daughters he would abuse his sons as right. well and so this is the other side of things too is this is where may becomes complicit because in these honeymoons it wasn't always just eddie it was may as well who would join them right. and mother and son incest yeah would be happening as well and taking a page out of prison control mm-hmm. um eddie would rape his sons mm-hmm. to keep them in line and force them into submission and so, like, this this man is a brute. He's a bully. He's a monster. Like, if you've ever seen one or heard one, this guy is it. And, like, I couldn't, like, he's like, I'm sitting here, like, I can't do this. Um, but like <laughs> D said, um, their youngest daughter, Estella, um, nicknamed Pixie because they had the same, her and her mom had the same name. Right. Um, their relationship escalates. Um, and like, they, like you said, like, she kind of, girls i don't want to girls like an attraction to her father right um and in that like they like they have sexual like relations several like, more outside times outside of um the ceremonies right and rituals, they're just they would... they're like he's entered into a sexual relationship with his his young daughter right um and, and rape um but right. then he goes on to impregnate pixie twice, twice. so they have, I guess, inbred. They have, I mean, I don't. They have inbred children, uh, two daughters, mm-hmm. um, together. He also impregnated. Was it Lana? Yeah, yeah, as well. Um, and he has a son with his daughter. It is the. Uh, this is gross, <laughs> right? But obviously, when you have when. All their friends know that Eddie runs a very tight ship. They're not allowed to really have boyfriends. They're not allowed to date. They're not allowed to really leave the house like that, except for people that Eddie knows and like has like cleared, quote unquote. Like when people ask, like, who's fathering these babies? The the answer is always like, oh, boyfriends, boyfriends, and they're right. like, bitch, what boyfriends? Like they're like, who who could possibly be? So there is a there's a murmur through town, as most small towns do, mm-hmm. that Eddie was actually like abusing his children right. um and that he was possibly the child the child's father right this um, these rumors get up to the school and it led to an investigation this is the first investigation right and there's some but like most in these murder cases these true crime cases things get investigated things don't always move as quickly as they should um but something happens in the personal life of pixie um, which we, this is kind of the, I want to say the, we've, we've hit a pinnacle here. 
um, as far as like what happens in the house. Like, look, look more alive, D. Jeez. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like traumatized. <laughs> God. This is the worst one we've talked. You know how I feel about like children, but this is like Hey, I if I can if I can push through Dean, <laughs> like I think we can make it. Oh, um, this is worse than Dean. It, it it is weird. Um so a new kid comes to school mm-hmm. by the name of Joel Good and his siblings. They move they move into town. Yes. Um and they and they he meets Pixie in school and Pixie is a cute, charming little girl and he is a attractive, I guess, charming little boy. Um he was good looking. We've seen pictures. Yeah. Um and they hit it off. Right. And Joel, you know, being the big dog that he is, was like, you know what? I'm gonna ask this girl to prom. And he did. And he asked her to prom, and Pixie's terrified because now she has to, she wants to. Right. But she has to ask her father. So she asks her father, and to her surprise, that is more than okay with this. He just said, I have to meet the boy. But this is part of his plan because all these rumors are going around about all her children. So they have to have a boyfriend in place to make it seem like these kids came from somebody other than him. Yeah, it has to be Joel. Even though everyone knows Joel just got just t- got here. Like Eddie's not that smart. So like, No, not at all. He's manipulative. But that was his motive. Right. So he wants to, and he also wants to be able to kind of in, almost intimidate Joel. Right. Because of his mere presence. Like the the good the good. I'm mean, the good siblings. The good as in Joel's siblings. Right. Um, began to hang around the uh, the Sextons as well. Right. Um, Willie and Joel became really good friends. There's uh, Sex- Willie Sexton. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew each other, so like they become super close. Right. Um, and so they recognized that something in that house wasn't right because if Eddie asked for something, people like jumped out of their skin to make sure it got done. There were like right. nervous energy in the home, and so like he knew that. This wasn't a place where he can come and kind of be his own person. Right. And he was okay with that because he was so enamored with Pixie. Right. Which, I mean, get it. Um, so we do all these things. Um, and then Pixie finally discloses. This is something I wanted to talk about because this is weird to me. Mm-hmm. She finally discloses that she's a teen mom. Right. And that the daddy's in the Navy. What are the children? How have you, anyways. Yeah. How have you been dating this girl? Um... And not realize that she's a teen mom. I mean, maybe he thought the babies were. There's a lie, like they're men. Like these are my sisters. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I came. There's up enough with. kids in the house that I would believe that. Yeah, like a, that's possible. I'm sure this house looks like shameless, and some like in my head <laughs> that like when I'm picturing all of this, when I was like reading about it and listening to it, I'm like, this is definitely the shameless house. Mm-hmm. There's bodies moving everywhere. People are breaking things, going in and out. Mm-hmm. Like it's too much movement from my head. Right. Um. So he probably didn't question the young children. Right. And Joel's still on board. He said, you know, like, I, I like you. I want you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they kept moving along. Um, mm-hmm. He also <laughs> signs to be, later on, the father of these kids. Right. So, like, they're... Through Eddie, of course. There's... Yeah. It's what happens, unfortunately. Um, like, poor Joel. Such a good guy. That's yeah. the problem. So, this is when things start... To crumble, and if I'm going to use a biblical kind of thing, you know, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Well, he was paying attention to Pixie a little bit too much, and not Michelle. Right. So one of the things teachers began noticing signs of abuse: um, dirty clothes, um, kids being hungry, bruises, uh, bruises, like things that 
you're told to look out for. And so this is when, again, social services gets involved because you have to. Child Protection Services gets involved. Cases get opened up. Um, and what a lot of people don't recognize is that once CPS or DCF, whatever it's called in your area, gets involved, kids aren't immediately removed. No. They need actual cause. Right. An investigation has to yeah. happen. Somebody has to make a confession. And... Uh, that was Michelle in her case because everyone else uh, denied anything was going on in the household, as told by Eddie. Eddie and they out followed. Of fear. Yeah. yeah. If you've been, if if someone is beating you every day, and you don't know, you know what the monster that lives in your house is. You know the monster under your bed, but you don't know who these CPS people are, the child protective service people are. I'm not worried about you. Like I don't know what you got. I know what he can do for me or to me, so I'm scared of him. I've seen nothing, have done nothing. Um, and so Michelle goes to her counselor, yeah, and tells her. That there's know, this abuse going my on. My dad Michelle, has sexually abused me. Uh, started to fear for the younger children in the home. I don't think they had been sexually abused Not, at this time. They hadn't been, um, this is going to sound terrible. They hadn't been like, they hadn't been penetrated yet. Like they right. hadn't been like that, that stuff hadn't happened yet, but he was like kissing them on the lips right. and like touching them. Which is what triggered Michelle as right. well to, um, a responsibility to yeah. our younger siblings. siblings. Um, so they go in and they remove him from the home. They remove her from the home and the kids go into the younger kids go into foster care. Emergency foster care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause this is when. This is when things get really hectic for her. Um, Michelle gets placed into a program in a kind of like a shelter group shelter, home yeah. because she's afraid to go home. Correct. Um, as she should be. Right. Um, and, and Eddie's ordered to stay in Ohio, um, for the investigation. Do not leave, sir. As most things happen like this, like, because that's just one more charge for you. Um, and in this, Michelle comes home in the October in October of 1992 at her mother's request. request because her mother misses her and Eddie at this point again is separated from the family, he's removed from the home, um, and so she's staying for a few days, and in the middle of the night she hears something downstairs and Michelle goes to check to see what it is, and unfortunately it's her dad Eddie. He confronts her, was like. You're not going to say anything else. He threatens her. And the next day or whenever she goes back to the police. Or whenever. Whenever. You got to say things with conviction, Dick. The next day. The next day. She recants. She recants. She she calls like, I don't. I made it up. It never happened. Like, which most police officers know this isn't true. Right. Jesus, we're. We're here, though. We made it. We made it. We did it. We're all the way up. <laughs> but still, outside of all these other things, we still have the other kids in emergency foster care. Right. Who, now we've got Lena telling her story and saying, hey, I was, also, I was sexually abused by my mother. Right. And so now it gives them cause to really, like, kind of dig deep. They do an exam on her, and they're, and for her to be so young, she's got vaginal scarring. There's things like, yeah. And so now there's actual physical evidence. Right. And so this is when they start to take, they take all the kids. They're Mm -hmm. like, this is, they, we gotta come get all of them. Mm -hmm. And now there's a whole bunch of legal hoo ha ha, um, brouhaha whatever the word is i said ooh ha ha what am i talking about (laughs) that might be the beer um 
There was like there was even something about trying to prove the fact that they were Native American, American right. so they would go to a tribal court. Like they were just trying to block this with as much paperwork as possible. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm Native American, all right." And they're like, "No, you're not." And so when all these things don't work, they run. Mm-hmm. They take the kids and they bounce. And where do they go? To our favorite place. They go to Florida. <laughs> they stop off in Oklahoma for a bit, but they go to Florida. <laughs> it's our favorite place. Everything happens in Florida. Like, <laughs> there's like a Hamilton joke that everything's legal in New Jersey. I'm like, everything violent happens, happens in, in Florida. Florida. Oh man, I love Florida. But I saw Florida made an appearance, and then I was like, of course it does. Right. Like, you, I didn't see it coming, and then I was like, of course. I was like, we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay in Ohio, the Midwest. No, no, we're going to Florida. Of course if it, you like, would. If it's not Florida, I mean, I would. I mean, hey, don't get. Don't hang me here, guys. I mean, <laughs> somebody's typing on their computer as I listen to this. You so will we not. love Florida. I love Florida. No, I like the weather. I, I like love Miami. The weather. I like South Orlando. Florida, Orlando. Yes, so I have family in Florida. I've got friends in Florida. I love visiting. Um, I won't go to Jacksonville. It's not for me, but no. everything else, yes. <laughs> um, but it's of course but. Florida makes an appearance because Florida has a very a set of colorful residents and fun people down there. Yes, they sure do. So, like, Eddie, again, is still indoctrinating these kids and running drills and things just in case, like, they, this is what you got to do. If that's why. If, if the cops show up, if the law enforcement shows up, just we gotta, we gotta run here, go here, we're meeting here. Like, still getting these kids ready for the, for a run, which is not good for children, by the way. Like, it's very uh, remnants of a cult. That, you know, that was the word I wanted to use when he started, like, his little religion thing, mm-hmm. his, small, his small church. It was like, he was looking to build a cult. That's what he Where was. he was, like, he wanted to be a David Koresh. Like, he wanted to be like that. Yeah, he did. He wanted to be a Jim Jones. And he's like, you're not charismatic enough Basically. to be anything of the sort. You've, if you've got to lead or get power through fear, you're lacking charisma. You're not going to be able right. to keep people that way. Right. Um, but I'm not saying that I've tried to be a cult leader, but I'm sure I could try if I wanted to. I don't know. I'm not following. No, don't have to. Please don't. <laughs> I, I was like, my cult's like nothing but Marvel comic fans. And Beyonce so, stands. You cannot leave. <laughs> you owe Beyonce tribute. Buy her last six albums now. <laughs> they were like, for what? We already bought them. Buy them three more times. Different platforms. Um, cause I'm stupid like that. Right. Um, so, but even in this, Eddie would drive back to Ohio just to cash his checks, his disability checks. And Which is a far drive. You do, but you gotta show, you have to prove that you're still in day, Ohio. Right? Um, so they issued arrest warrants, but like, uh, unfortunately, like child abuse isn't high priority. So like. <laughs> True. It's so weird to me. But in happy news, in January of 1993, um, Pixie. right. Joel and Pixie had their first baby, and they you know, they'd gotten Skipper. right. You know, and they had also gotten married. We always we missed that, but they yeah. had also gotten married. They'd moved to a, a little apartment outside of uh, where the outside on an outskirts town, a little suburb mm-hmm. of where the rest of the family was living. They just to keep up appearances, really. Right. They weren't doing it to for fun, mm-hmm. or like because they really loved each other, wanted to build a life. Because remember, Eddie's still pulling. Um, Pixie strings, and I think we also have to remember here. I don't think we do have to remember here that Pixie was still kind of under her father's thumb. She was doing everything to please her dad. She liked Joel, but mm. not in the way that Joel like. She enjoyed Joel. Like Joel was great in high school. She could do something new, but now he has since moved away from that. Um, and they headed to Florida to reconnect with the Sextons. And as soon as they got there, 
Pixie and Eddie started their sexual relationship again. Once again. And, you know, at this point, Joel is starting to notice that this is not just a father. This is so much more going on. I mean, Joel was trying to have relations with his wife, getting rejected. Not, you know, he couldn't even kiss her. And he, she would often reject him. And then he sees this relationship with Eddie, and it's what he probably should have had with her. Yeah, and Joel's a, at this point, Joel's grown up a little bit, and he's right. becoming, I don't want to say because it's not a problem, he's becoming like a man, you know, and he sure. started, he's having his own feelings, his own thoughts, thoughts he's a little bit more right. assertive in how he feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, Skipper, their little baby that they've had, Skipper Lee, which is an adorable name, first mm-hmm. of all. It was believed, I guess, Charles, the older brother, his name was Skipper, oh. and so they named it after Charles. I feel like it's I I know a uh, I knew a skipper back in the day. Um I think it's a cool name. It's also like Barbie's friend. Yeah. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Wasn't her a sister? I think so. I think it's Skipper her was sister. her sister. Um but now little Skipper becomes ill and they don't know why, but they're also not going to the hospital. No. Because flags and police. Right. Um and Eddie refused to have them go. Right. Eddie is still a fugitive. He doesn't want people to know where he is. Um but this baby is starting to cause problems for Eddie because he's also crying incessantly. As babies do when they do not feel well. Right. And because Eddie is two steps away from human, he <laughs> he tells Pixie that you need to keep that baby silent. I mean, you don't want to alarm the neighbors. The neighbors might start to complain. Park no, cops may come out. And they're like they're way too like their occupancy level is way too high. Like there's all these things. Not the fact mm-hmm. that you're on the run from the police, but right. also the fact that like all these things will flag them down. Right. And Pixie, for because you again, I don't know. I don't know how this is your your her solution. Well, Pixie, let's talk about as a mother was already abusive to the baby, right? So like, you're she not going to make good choices, of, yeah. right? So on um, there's some debate. So it's either October 19th, late in the in the night, or early in the morning, mm-hmm. while Joel was asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pixie smothers Skipper to death, mm-hmm. places her hand over his mm-hmm. nose, pinches his nose, and. You this know, was her solution to stop him from, from crying. crying instead of like leaving. Like, because yeah. mind you, Pixie, Pixie is not in trouble with the law just yet. Like, no. you could go back to Ohio, get your baby treated, and you'd be fine and live your life. They'd be like, "Where's your family? I don't know." Like, but she's so con- like intertwined with Eddie that this is where they are now, and so they convince. Like Joel wakes up and Joel realizes that the baby is not breathing. The baby's blue. It becomes a little bit of a commotion, and Eddie convinces Joel that he the baby's died from SIDS or sudden infant death syndrome. Correct. Um, but Joel, again, being the older man that he is now, did not take that. No. Like he's like, mm, I don't think that's okay. That's not right. Um, and so he starts looking up information. He went on, to the Tampa Library, University of Tampa. That's Library. what you do, bro. Like and you're like, he, I don't trust this. He was like, let me go see what's going on. So that's exactly what he did. But also in this moment, so there's I've read a couple of things about this, and I didn't know how to grasp it. So I'd read somewhere that um, that Pixie had kept the baby with her for a few days because right. she thought her father had the power to resurrect it. He slept with the baby. Right, but then the other side, like an investigation discovery, says that Eddie ordered Joel to bury the baby almost immediately. So there's some contradicting reports from what right. I'm reading. Because yeah, I could believe that you think your dad can resurrect your child. I believe But maybe that's why you, like, that 
like ridiculous thinking is what led you to kill it in the first place. But again, Joel like wanted a actual like an actual uh, service service for, for his baby back in Ohio. That was yes, and he wanted and he wanted to go back right. to Ohio. He's like, I want to I want to go back to Ohio. Um, but Eddie made a case that like the only time, the only way he's gonna get back to Ohio is essentially. In a body bag. In a body bag, yeah. That's like, he's gonna have to, if he wants to go back, he's gotta die. Um, and it's just, mm, I don't know. I, it's intense. So, we have Willie here. Willie is a strong, someone describes him as large, mm-hmm. um, like, Strong guy. He's become very close to Joel. Yeah, they're friends. Um, they're like best friends. Right. David and Jonathan, biblical friends. I just because we're talking religion, we're, like, we're all here. We're already here. We're like here. I'm, I grew up in the church, guys. Um, still go, but there's, <laughs> but like the closest of friends. Like again, Willie, they weren't allowed to have very much outside relationships. So Joel, being a another guy, someone he could talk to, laugh with, talk to him about girls or other things like that, was something he revered. He appreciated that. What we also know about Willie is that he had intellectual disabilities he as did. well. Um, they said he was how old? I'm not. Tr- I don't remember how, but he had the mentality of an eight year old. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, how sick do you have to be as a man to take advantage of your intellectually disabled son? Like how? How? I hate him. Well, we know we know that he is he's, sick. He's, we know like, Eddie is off his shit. Out of everyone, he would have asked to do this, of course. I mean, I think well, because Eddie done that as well, like, but and because to be fair, Eddie himself is not a murderer. I don't think Eddie has it in him to take life. No, but he has. Well, he threatens to take life. He threatens to think. I don't know though. People who typically kill animals can't escalate to that point. Yeah, but I'm like, I mean, I'm talking as far as like human beings, like. I don't know. He because remember he was killing animals. So I'm taking their soul because, like, you know, I I need to be I need to have these powers and all. No, these but when he was like younger as well. Yeah, when it's chickens and the, like yeah. the rodents and things like that. But I think that as he got older, I don't know. Like once he realized like the power of creating life, he like did. I think shifted something in him. Maybe. Like because yeah, he was abusive, but it was never to the point where I thought it would be when I was reading it about this. I'm like. He's probably going to beat some of these kids to death. That's what I'm going to read. And it was like, no. Nah. No. No. He had other people do his dirty work for him. Right. He had made the threat that he would kill us. Well, he had alluded to the fact that he would kill Skipper mm-hmm. if Skipper didn't, if they didn't stop, get him to stop crying, which works with like, you know, some, you know, milk and a pacifier. Like, the fuck is wrong with people? Right. Um, and, you know, snuggle them up and rock them a little bit. Like, I know how to soothe a baby when they're ill. Like, right. you, know, you can go to a corner store and get some children's towel and all. Like, get the. Figure she was apparently giving him, I think, robotizing adult. Yeah, adult medic. Which is what... So the baby was just teething, and that's what started it. But she was giving him adult medication, and that's what made him sick. You could just... Like, you know, like other parents out here who just try to knock their baby out. Like, you just give them some, like, cereal in their little bottle. Get all, get them all nice and full. Full, right. And then, you know, give them a little children's time and all, and then you rock them to sleep. But, like, that's I mean, what you do. Also, she was young. She was young, she but again, not you said mom? also abusive to the baby. Oh like, yeah, definitely. she didn't. She didn't want. I don't think she wanted to take care of the baby. I no, think that's really what no. it is. Um, because she'd already had two that she was. We're not getting into that. Uh, <laughs> but so we have these. I we have um, Eddie who was teaching Willie to 
use, and I never knew how to pronounce this word. I don't know if it was a garo or garote. Oh, I don't um, know. But if you guys don't know what it is, you've seen them in spy movies all the time where someone takes like a very fine like fish-like line mm-hmm. and wraps it around someone's throat. Mm-hmm. It usually has like two wooden bars on the end of it and, or yeah. metal bars and it's like a metal string and you mm-hmm. pull it around someone's throat and you pull it until they suffocate. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what Eddie would order Willie to do. To Joel. To Joel. They walked into the woods because Joel trusted Willie. And so Willie's like, ooh, I found something. You know, I really want you to see this in the woods. And Joel, again, being his friend and understanding the intellectual, like all these things, things that would would make Willie happy wouldn't be impressive to some of us. But like Joel is that good of a guy. He's like, he's walking out there. He's like, what did you know? Like, what do you see, buddy? What are we doing out here? And comes up behind Joel and chokes him out, suffocates, he dies. Right. So there's one more body. Um, It's very, it's very like, Charles Manson, like this, you didn't necessarily have your hands correct. in the murder, but you are the reasons for the yeah, murder. Yeah, you fac- facilitated it, right? And so they dump Joel's body in a swamp, not mm-hmm. far from where they buried Skip- little baby Skipper. Skipper, whew! All right, we made it. We made it. We're, 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 we're making here. it through. We're right, we're right around the corner. Um, so at this point, there is an FBI. Um, arrest warrant for Eddie and Estelle. They start to get tips from, I believe, his brother Otis. Fucking Otis. Otis came through hardcore. Yeah, Otis, he did. Otis don't like Eddie Not at all. At all. Like, Otis remembered back when day when he didn't do much as right. a child and was like, no, he's not. Otis is like, I saw him. I know where he is. Don't get his ass. <laughs> like, so through these checks and some other things, I believe there was a car involved as well. Yes. Yeah. That I guess he was making payments to they find out, I guess they checked the phone record. They told the FBI, Otis said, come over, I got the phone record. <laughs> guess the phone record from Otis, it's a number down in Florida. Um, a pay phone, I guess. In the So they know he's in Florida now. There's arrest warrants that go out. You know what struck me, though? What struck, what struck you? What struck? Because I wanted to ask you this before we recorded, but I'm going to ask you it right now. Oh, no. Why didn't Joel's aunt, right? Was his aunt he was living with? Yes. Yes. Why didn't Joel's aunt tell the police where Eddie was? Because they knew, she knew that they had gone down to Florida. She did know. And that always struck me like as weird that Otis was the one. I always expected her to be the one. Maybe it had something to do with who Eddie was and like what she expected would happen. Maybe she thought he was connected, even though he was very isolated. Um, I don't know. Like I would, I'm a, I would have been snitching like hardcore. I would have been, you ever see the first 48 when yes. they be like dunking their fries and sweet and sour sauce? Like, yeah, I saw something. He took he took a left down Queen Street and he went down, I think, what did he say, about 2.3 miles? 2.3 miles filled up at the golf. I would have snitched my ass off. Right. Um, That's what I would have like, done. Especially, I was like, at first, I would probably would have fought Eddie before I called the cops. <laughs> and I wouldn't have let Joel go down there either. No, like, you gotta. Like, you know, he has a. But Joel was at, but the problem was that Joel was actually in love with Pixie. Really? And in love Pixie, with Pixie could care less about Joel Not at this even point. A so, bit. like, love will make you do crazy things. Like, go to Florida to, to be with. And Joel was aware of everything that was happening, too. So, love made you go down to Florida with someone's parents who were on the run. <laughs> right. Joel was well aware of what was happening in the house. It wasn't like Joel was in on this, essentially. In on all of it. Yeah, yeah. He made conscious choices to be involved because of his feelings for Pixie. And now they're, they're new sons. So. Right. 
So eventually the FBI issued a warrant for Eddie and Estella Sexton's um, arrest for unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. Now, at this point, they don't know about the murders. So keep this in mind. Um, They were arrested in Florida. So I like the arrest as well. I guess they all go to a store. And I guess they're about to get out of the car. They turn off the ignition, and the FBI just opened up the car and arrested all of them. It was May Pixie. Down the floor, bitch. Right. May Pixie. I believe, was Willie in there, too? No, Willie no. wasn't there at the time. It was May Pixie and um, Eddie, and they all get arrested. Um, so I guess also the one of the self-produced, and they have videotapes of this happening, too. Was also given to the authorities, I guess. Um, There's a lot of guessing happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know how I am about the arrest and trial. Not my thing. Anyways, so the minor kids were taken into custody and um, the they were, I guess, given to foster care again. Right. Which, I don't know. I, I believe the older kids like helped well, them well, get out of foster well, care the, the way, first time. The way it works is that you have to, again, you have to show signs of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so typically in Connecticut, I can speak for, I don't know how Ohio works, but in Connecticut, um, if it is proven that a parent is abusing one child, they all got to go. Right. Like you, there's none get left as a matter of someone could say anything. Um, so the, all the kids that they took with them that didn't get removed because I guess when Eddie got removed, they allowed some to stay with May because Mm -hmm. remember May wasn't implicated yet. Mm -hmm. And so now we have... Um, when they were doing all these investigations, they show that Pixie's daughters had repeated signs of sexual abuse. Um, and they had pointed out, said that it was Willie and it was Scott that were Scott, doing her, well. her uncles. And then they deeper search into it. They discovered that Skipper had died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually Pixie for the first time in her life, taking a Take responsibility, responsibility says that it was her fault mm-hmm. that I'm sorry, that, <laughs> I'm getting names picked up. That Skipper was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they started lying. They said that Joel had gone back to Ohio. They don't know where he is. He had left. But then Willie, who had shown guilt at the time of killing right. Joel as well. Apparently he was in tears when he killed Joel and realized that he wasn't coming back. Yeah. And so now Willie confesses to killing Joel. Um, and then the authorities, you know, conduct their searches outside of the state park where they were all staying and they find Skipper and Joel's bodies. Um, and they were kind of, a ever heard of like bogs? So like when you, I don't know what a bog is to this day. So a bog is like, a bog is like a weird, like marshy area, you know, like bogs, like they're in Lord of the Rings. (laughs) <laughs> like I don't know if you know anything about Lord of the Rings. Either. I literally, when I watched Lord of the Rings, got into like an hour of it. I was like, it's too much. Really? I've never watched the Lord of the Rings. No, I didn't finish. That's unfortunate. That's like Harry Potter. I just like oh, went it's through a little bit better than Harry Potter. I prefer Lord of the Rings. I Harry love Potter. Harry Potter. What Gryffindor team? Gryffindor. I am a Slytherin. You would be a Slytherin. Yeah. So a bog <laughs> is like. It's it's like a marsh. It's a whole bunch of like dead plants and like decomposing. So things. How, I was gonna say, how hard is it to find a body in that? Um, it depends on how like how far you go, but it's got a lot of like metals and things in it, and it's like a lot of low acidity. So like when you're in there, mm-hmm. um, bodies are like almost 
almost perfectly preserved sometimes. Like, oh. there was, like, bog bodies. There was, like, I can't remember where they were. I would um, th- I could probably look for it mm-hmm. right now. I'm, I'm not going to look for it now. But there was, like, a case, like, you find bog bodies and, like, their faces are, like, in the same, like, you could tell who it was. Like, there's no, like, sloth oh. and all. Like, I would think all those bog murders, like, they would decompose faster because of the Well, it depends the on what, if it's a like peat bog. Like, a peat bog is, like, plants and things like that. Like, all those, like, weirdly nutrients and things are still mm-hmm. in the soil and, like, hold things together. If it's just, like, a, a gross marshland, like, Florida's, like, like keys. Right. Like, where, like, you'll just find, like, water and seaweed and alligators, right? Mm-hmm. Or crocodiles. Crocodiles are in the Amazon, right? Girl, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a zoologist. I think alligators. I think they're all everywhere. But I think gators are in the Keys. Florida yeah, alligators I, sounds right to me. Yeah. I know everything about Florida, There are right? gators all over the place. Them they have gator gators, gators. In Orlando. Get them, get them gators. <laughs> the Florida gator, get them gators. You're, yeah. you're waiting for a southern. Uh... I was like, waiting for fun. Go, 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 them gators, bro. <laughs> it's like I'm thinking like, I'm thinking Louisiana at that point. Like, you know, we're going to get that one and get them gators. Oh, yeah, that is Louisiana. See, that's why I want to get them gators. <laughs> but and the crawfish. Them cra- oh god, I can't wait. I've never that. had crawfish. I'm thinking for my 30th birthday next year. I'm gonna go to New Orleans. Um, you, what? That's an invite. I'll take everyone it. Everyone can come as long as you can pay. Uh, <laughs> do you? Academy of school. <laughs> but yeah, so this this investigation starts expanding, mm-hmm. um, and it's in it ends up in Florida, but it starts spanning Ohio and Oklahoma because mm-hmm. they had touched down there a little bit, um, and they start like they start interviewing these kids. These kids obviously are. Again, heavily like victims of heavy abuse, so there's trauma there. Mm-hmm. They have PTSD. all kinds of PTSD, anxiety, depression. There's so many things going on that have gone untreated with these kids, right. and so they find them really hard to interview right. and hard to like. Willie ends up again not being seen as being fit to take the stand because of his intellectual disabilities. Right, but we know that he is the one like who took the fall and all these because things because he for, admitted it. Right. Um, but it ends up being in February of 1994 that Pixie is charged with the murder, first degree murder, for killing Skipper, as yeah. she deserves. Um, but she was able to plead guilty to a manslaughter because um, she decided to testify against her father. Again, so she... Michelle went back to testifying as well against her Michelle, father. yeah. Thank God for Michelle because this is really... What it really would set it off. Really? So everybody started to testify. Like uh, their, their son, Scott, Scott Sexton, decided to testify mm-hmm. um, against Eddie uh, so because they were plotting against it. And so it's just... Eddie really, Eddie really lost again. The whole divided, a house divided against itself can't stand. And Eddie lost all control at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I know he was in his jail cell just like losing his mind. Like, these fucking meddling kids, if they just do what I told them to do. And blah, 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 blah. It wasn't for that damn baby. And I just know he was in there like blaming losing everybody mind, else. Man. But himself, that damn May, that damn May, she should have just done this and she should have done that. But either way, mm-hmm. Eddie was found guilty. In less than three hours. Yeah. The jury didn't take very, very long to deliberate. And he was sentenced to death mm-hmm. on November 2nd of 1994. Mm-hmm. Pixie was sentenced to six years for manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Willie pled guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 25, 25. years. Uh, specifically because his his uh, connection and abuse from his father and his intellectual disability kind of gave him, um, gave him some leeway in that. Mm-hmm. Um... Now, Miss Estella May, she was sentenced to two years for abusing Lena. Mm-hmm. Um, there's over a dozen abuse charges in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, and she was sentenced to life in prison after this uh, for an accessory to rape. Right. 
Um, it was just the again the dozens of charges. Like you don't right. get off. Like yeah, at least gonna... you shouldn't. We know right. Brock Turner's out here walking around. So I have stories as well. You would not believe. I believe people it. get away with. So here we are. So on an appeal, by the way, he he appeals this. Mm-hmm. He goes back to court. Um, they said because he was being tried for the murder. Yes. And they allowed evidence from the abuse to go through. Uh, and that's right. right. So he said that was, I guess, illegal to have that in evidence go through because it was a recording the um, right murder. Um, so he goes to trial again. And again, the trial finds, the jury finds him guilty and he gets a death sentence. Right. So just want to. So now. Um, he was sentenced to death again. Yes. On November 18th of 1998. Yes. But, but because the way the world works. It always works out like and this. And the universe works. He dies of natural causes while at the Union Correctional Institution. Now, Stella May was up for parole in December 2017, but she also passes away from natural causes in, in October. October. So before she was up for parole in 70. I believe Pixie is out now and yes. Willie is out as well. So, I mean, think about everything. That's happened in 93, 94. Like, it's 2018. Like, 2018. Some of these kids are like well into their 40s. Yeah, they're, um, they're alive. Um, a lot changed names, things like that. I but, was like deep searching and I, yeah. I found some forms where, like, yeah, we have kids now. Some of these that stories were lies and we're doing okay. Uh, some people who claim to be these kids. No, one of the things I don't do is like when there's like a lot of kids involved, that is just what I'm going to look for them. Like, I do. Um, like when. Like I just, I just just want to like, make sure everyone's okay. That was like really ones like heart. Scott and them that were serving like time. Like I didn't care less about them or their well being or their their security. Like whatever, do you you are tra- you're terrible to do that to your siblings and to your niece and your nephew. Like, right. But other than that, like I don't typically like look into them. Like even like um oh I don't even like uh not Stainer. <laughs> Uh, Colleen Stan, like her daughter oh. and things like that. Like, well, I only took it from her interviews of how her daughter was doing. Like, I never went to like look for her like Facebook mm-hmm. pages or anything because there are people on like Reddit who do crazy shit like that. Right, that's what I was on, and I, I like. <laughs> of to course, do- you were on Reddit. Get out of here. <laughs> I just like to make sure. I don't, it's just my heart. I was like, I like to make sure everyone's okay. <laughs> so. Aww. What am I wearing? Well, I guess that's the episode for this week, you guys. I am traumatized. February second. On Instagram, traumatized. Yeah, this this episode, like, um, just because personally, like, I have my own story of like history of abuse and things like that. Um, like I said, thank God for therapy because I can read things like this and not have to retreat into a shell. Um, mm-hmm. But I hope that everyone heeded trigger warnings. Um, right. And I don't want I don't my fear my fear is always that somebody gets hurt from this but mm-hmm. you know like we we are here to inform people like these are the things that happen abuse neglect um kind of breeds maladaptive behavior and if you don't seek help if you don't get therapy if your kids are victims of abuse or trauma and you're aware of that get them help um even if it's not by your hand if you just know that someone molested your kid or that your kid has been you know goes to grandma's house and grandma doesn't treat them right or things like that seriously like Therapy, counseling, treatment goes a long way to Love making it. sure that when your child becomes an adult, they are functional and self-sufficient uh, <laughs> and healthy. Right. 
Uh, but that's that's yeah. So that's Eddie Lee Sexton. I hope to never have to talk about him again, which no. won't happen because we're a true crime podcast. So something's gonna intertwine with something. We're gonna end up in Florida again. I'm <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, we end up in Ohio. Ohio as well too. Yeah. I mean, I wish. I mean, guys, you guys probably feel like we're picking on people, but if more things happened in Connecticut, we would talk. Oh, no, absolutely. We have feel like nice. a lot of terrible things happen in Connecticut. True. Um, we talked about Danielle. Danielle. Daniel. Mm-hmm. The other, like he was, he was yeah. Connecticut. He was terrible. And that guy that was in uh, New Britain. Yeah, William. Yeah. So him. like Howell. Yeah. Yeah. So like we, Connecticut's just as bad. We're just not, not home to as bad. many serial killers. <laughs> You know, I don't know why. I would like for someone to do a study as to why there's so few serial. I mean, maybe they, you maybe know they what? Haven't been discovered. Yeah, exactly. Because there are tons of unsolved murders in Connecticut that sure. from like the '90s and things like that. There's people just like, okay, cold case. Like <laughs> they're like, because they're. I, I remember specifically, I was reading something um, in a newspaper like five years ago, and there someone had tried to reopen something because they had found new evidence. Um, but they think either the person, because of like their pattern abruptly stopped, so the person either died or was imprisoned for something else. Mm. Like, so, because there wasn't, they, it stopped around the time that there wasn't any prominent murderers or anything caught. So they think it was like a drug dealer or something. Like, <laughs> it's Connecticut. It happens right. like that. Of course, it's a drug dealer being like, you know, moonlighting as a murderer. So, well, that is it. Mm. Um, I have nothing else. So the other thing to say is subscribe, rate, and review. Yes, um, review us, please. We get so many listens. Uh, review us, especially on um Apple Podcasts. If you listen there, we definitely would appreciate more reviews. We know that you guys reach out to us. We appreciate we appreciate the listens, but definitely take some time out and review. It makes a difference. Yeah, us. we wanna we wanna be able to reach more people. I think that what we're building here is very special. I a think great well, community. Yeah, I think the community we're building. I think the things we talk about. I I think how we approach things is a lot different um, than a lot of true crime shows do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. So I, I think that it would behoove a lot of people who are looking for something different in true crime to find us. And the best way to do that is to rate and review us so that the word gets out a little bit more. Share it with your friends. Tweet us. Tweet about us. Facebook us. We get so many. I think it's so cool that when people like recommend the show. like they, other, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I think on Facebook, like reading the things you guys say about us. And we're answer. We're yeah, I talk to everybody. <laughs> Especially um, Charnel. Yeah, yeah this is all the time. I'm at work. I'm like, I can stop working for this. <laughs> um, but no, check us out. Um, check out the Patreon. Again, I apologize, guys. It has been a crazy month and a half. I swear to God, I th- and not Eddie Sexton's God either, but I swear <laughs> to the God that I believe in that I thought I mailed those <laughs> things. I feel so terrible. I found those yesterday. I was like, I did not feel well either. So I'm like... <sighs> <laughs> But I wanted to make sure I said it on the show. That way you guys were aware. Because I know you guys are very polite and didn't want to say, well, maybe they have to order them. Maybe they're on bag. No. Next time I say something and it doesn't happen, I usually say what I mean and mean what I say. So if I say something and it doesn't come to fruition, follow up with me, drag me, berate me, pester me. Like, so it happens. Um, But if anybody else wants to, like, the Patreon, the $5 level gets you a sticker, gets you a shout out on the show. It also gets you... A welfare check episode, a bonus episode every month. So instead of the typical two, you get three, three whole episodes. You get to hear our voices three times a month. Orgasmic. Uh, so, sure. And, <laughs> and, you know, our next episode just might be a three-parter. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you'll hear us three weeks in a row, which in addition Orgasmic. to... Orgasmic. <laughs> 
in addition to the welfare check episode. So check that out. Um, where can they find you in the timelines, D? It's D-E-E underscore L-I-G-H-T-4. Or you can just follow Charnel and find me that way. Sure. I don't know why that would happen. They, they'll find me. They'll find me through you. Okay. And you guys can find me on the timelines, Twitter and Instagram. It's at Charnel B. It's C-H-A-R. And as a Nancy E I L B, you can find the podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at What Did You Do Pod. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash What Did You Do. The forum. I post the forum link every now the and group. then. She yeah. calls it a forum because she's like ancient. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> it's the group. What did you crew? Crew. Uh, it's up there. Join it. I love that you guys talk about, like, talk to each other and about I love each it other. Too. It's so much fun to watch. I see a lot, but I don't do a lot. Like, I. <laughs> I observe. I'm one of those people. I'm an uncle. So I just, I do a lot of yelling from the couch. I don't get up and do anything. <laughs> but um, he's watching too. Right, but I am watching. So that's really cool to see. I love that you guys, that's what we want to do. We want to build that community. So do all that things, do all those things. Check us out all those places. You can um, find me in the next month or so on What About Your Friends every Tuesday. Um, if you find D whenever, uh, <laughs> like I don't know where. I mean, see me when you see me. I don't know when my next show is coming out, you guys. But it's Unspoken Citizen. So, I mean, we have old episodes if you want to listen. And boys love Beyonce for me. Um, Typically every Monday. But me and my co-host Huey have been ill. So, we have no idea what's coming next. But thank you guys so much for listening to this. Um, It's always a pleasure. This was my first time sitting down and podcasting in two weeks. So, I missed it. I'm so glad that it was with y'all. So, look out for those stickers. Love on us we, as we love on you. And keep your hands, your thoughts clean. Um, also, and as well, start washing your hands a lot more. Because season is here. fall is almost here. We yeah. don't want y'all getting ill. And don't touch me when you're sick. If you see me in New York. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs> bye.